listening to The Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast every week covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market information. As always, you can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. And now, your hosts, Jamie Cass and Pot Green. Hello, hello. Uh-huh. We're back. Well, mm. it's been uh, been uh, kind of difficult um, arranging the schedules lately to get get to uh, get around to, to doing the show. We're sorry about the lag, people, for everyone that's uh, listening regularly. Um, yeah, we've uh, got some ideas to try and remedy that in the future, and we'll do our best mm. to. Or we apologize for the lag in between shows, but we are back. And uh, hey, I guess that's kind of the cool thing things, about man. podcasts too. You know, you can yeah. Can, can listen to them when they're available. So, um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's not like Excellent. we're on at uh, any certain time and we're missing like our regular slot or anything. It's just, it's, you know, it's, dude, it's, it's, it is a, it's a, uh, it's not always so, so easy, but this is episode 55. Right, <laughs> yeah, that's we're right. on now. <laughs> Episode fifty-five. Someone wants us. We got to put that out there. So fifty-five. Now we're, gosh, guys, this has been a year and some change now of project. Um, what do we do here on the cannabis agenda? Let all of our new listeners know. This week we're bound to have some uh, some new listeners because we are going on the uh, normal network. So, um, mm-hmm. what do we do here, Jamie. Well, in, in case they don't know, this is the Cannabis Agenda, where we do some news deconstruction. Um, I like to call I like to call it activistainment, and really what it all amounts to is uh, a bunch of, uh, I guess, mm, willing individuals uh, that are concerned about the state of national drug policy, and we think that we need to make some changes. And we know we're not alone. There's millions of people out there that are working diligently to make some changes, some necessary changes, and. Uh, we're, we're in the group. We're in that crowd. And we hope that we can encourage everybody else to get active and uh, do something constructive with it, you know, besides just, you know, bitch, moan, and complain. Not that I'm saying we shouldn't do that, but, you know, we're adding yeah. some constructive input to the conversation. Right. It's easy to bitch, moan, and complain when the drug laws in your country and around the world are as whack as they are in this country and throughout the world. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, we believe in drug law reform specifically when it comes to cannabis. Um, and uh, that's what we cover. And really, we cover anything cannabis. We have a lot of fun stuff on the show as well. Um, but uh, yeah, we cover a lot of, uh, a lot of news um, regarding, uh, regarding the state of cannabis throughout the country and, and often the world. We have uh, listeners uh, all over the world. We got how many, how many countries? Are, have, you, have you looked at those stats lately, Matt? I haven't checked that recently at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to know. Let me know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah, I'll find out. yeah. And that's it's what's I'll so cool right about po- po- another cool thing about podcasts uh, is that it's mm-hmm. very easy for it to spread throughout the world. So, um, mm-hmm. and uh, speaking of spreading, uh, we mentioned it just a little bit ago. Um, welcome to all of our new listeners that are listening on the normal network, um, which I believe is a new network, right, Matt? Yeah, it's uh, they're going live. In fact, today, the day we're re- recording the show, which is uh, Monday, April fourth. Um, and they are, uh, they, they have at least a dozen different shows on, on the network. And, um, our slot is Monday evening at 8 PM is when our new show airs. 
And then we do repeats, and I'm looking for those times right now. Um, the we, show will be on the normal network. It'll be only an hour long. So if you guys are listening on the normal network and you're hearing us for the first time, um, it's going to be cut off at about an hour. And um, you can check out the rest of the show um, on our website, which is uh, cannabisagenda.com dot com or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Cool. And then uh, our, our replays are Monday morning at one AM, Tuesday at six AM, Wednesday at eleven AM, and Thursday at three PM. And all those times are in Pacific Standard. Cool. Cool. So if you're finding us on the normal network, uh yeah, check us out at our website or subscribe to us on uh iTunes. Um this is hopefully uh I know that the people at Normal are hoping this will be a really great way to spread the word and kind of uh grow um, these shows and uh, create an even bigger community of um, listeners and participation um, within the podcast uh, realm for cannabis, and um, that's where what we do. And I, I'm I'm really stoked they're doing this. Uh, we also had mm-hmm. what was what marijuanapodcast.com is another um, site that you got up, Matt, right? And mm-hmm. it has an aggregate of um, a bunch of podcasts as well. Are all those podcasts going to be on this? Do you know yet? Um, I, You know, I haven't like looked at the list to compare them, but there are several on the normal network that aren't on Marijuana Podcasts, which I will probably add. To MarijuanaPodcast.com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. And uh, while we're throwing out a bunch of websites and stuff, go ahead and tell you guys how to stay in touch with us. Obviously, you can just mention, catch up and keep up to date uh, at our website, which is CannabisAgenda.com. Um, there you'll find our show notes for every show. Um, so anything we're talking about, you can probably go on there and kind of look and you can click on, uh, the notes and, and it'll, it'll link you to the stories, um, or the clips that we are, um, using to kind of inspire the discussion and the dialogue. So, uh, check that out. And you can also listen to the shows, uh, right there on the website if you want to. Um, or you can uh, check us out on iTunes and subscribe there. That's the easiest way to uh, keep up with the podcast because then it's just in your in your iTunes player once it's available, and um, that makes it kind of easy. So um, either way works. Um, and also our, our email is uh, info at cannabisagenda.com. We love to hear from you guys. Uh, we get a lot more participation nowadays, and we really, really appreciate mm-hmm. it. You guys have inspired a lot of ideas and given us direction as to where to go with the show, uh, what you want to hear, what we should be covering. Um, we appreciate scoops and the men anytime you, you, you can. They're, they're awesome. They help us with direction. Uh, also, if you have anybody you'd like us to interview or think that we should interview, uh, let us know. Uh, criticism, ideas, uh, whatever, please uh, send them in via email. You can also call and leave a three-minute voicemail um, at 707-654-CAN, which is C-A-N-N, or the numbers 2266. Um, also, check us out on Twitter and Facebook. Um, we're on both, and uh, suggest us to your friends on Facebook if you could. That would be excellent. So, what do we got? Do what, what do we have on the show today? Well, all right, looks like we got a pretty, uh, pretty action-packed show for today. Uh, a lot of tough stuff going on in the in the cannabis world as far as cannabis policy goes. So, you know, there might be some uh, some downers in here, but that's inevitable when we're talking about important uh, information related to the cannabis and our cannabis agenda um, today on the show. 
We got uh, our usual question and comments. We got some great input from uh, listeners. Please don't don't stop. Uh, keep keep sending us uh, uh, some uh, good scoops, some good ideas. And going down to the news today in Rocky Mountain High, bringing some news from Montana. Uh, the Senate repeal effort is on the way. We'll see what's going on with that and give you a little rundown of what's happening. There's also a Senate-sponsored bill over there in the state of Montana. It's SB 423. We'll tell you what that is and what that's doing right now in their legislature. Montana man faces life in prison for guess how much pot. Well, you'll just have to tune in and find out. It's disgusting. Trust me. Colorado Dispensary found a great way to help out the folks in Japan selling joints for di- joints for Japan. How about joints for Jamie? That's a good idea. We'll tell you about that story. It's a little bit up uplifting amidst all this negative stuff we got going on around the country right now. And national spotlight, we got the National Cancer Institute adding marijuana as a possible treatment option for not only symptom management, but also for its possible anti-tumor effects. Check that out. This is a very important story, and we're going to report on that later in the show as well. Medical marijuana is featured on daytime TV show Dr. Oz. You ever heard of that one? This time they had guest Montel Williams. This is a extended. I think the clip is the whole show, so you'll have to check that one out. We're not going to talk about that too much. Politics on Capitol Hill are, are heating up. The national voice for the cannabis industry, the, the national cannabis, well, actually, I'm not even sure what this place what this thing is called but uh we're going to let you know what it's all about a little bit later in the show we got a little bit about uh from the pot in the pacific northwest uh the orgus oh, the oregon cannabis tax act uh we'll tell you about what that is it seems like it should be some uh, potentially positive uh attempts at uh changing their laws over there california update we got an appeal trial for a landlord in a grow house civil case um, this is something new, and we hope it doesn't happen, and we'll explain why. Illinois update, a couple uh, movements in the legislation there. One went up and one went down, and we'll tell you which is which. Southwest lawsuit filed over New Mexico licenses, uh, licensing of dispensaries. There's a lot of anti-medical cannabis uh, sentiment going around in the legislature in New Mexico. We'll definitely keep an eye on this. We've got a clip to play for you this show a little bit later. Also, official medical marijuana rules have finally been released in Arizona, we have links to where you can access all those. It's a pretty lengthy uh, uh, piece, so you might want to uh, kind of spend some time or set aside some time if you want to read that whole uh, that whole document. And uh, I think with that, that'll wrap up our show 55. How do you feel about that one? Sounds like we've got a full agenda for you all today. Uh, right. Let's. Uh, looks like time to get to our uh, questions and comments from listeners. Um, Jamie, you want to? What Mike? What Mike say about what's going on with Willie Nelson? Mike sent us an email. Let us know about. Uh, well, see the way the way I heard this from a person was uh, misinterpreted, and I read it in another article, and it was misinterpreted there too. So I want to clarify this. He sent us an, uh, an article. It's really kind of interesting to us because we covered this story. It's about Willie Nelson. Remember, he got busted down in Texas. Um, with, I don't know what he had, six ounces of weed or something. Well, there's been some developments in that case lately, and uh, we thought that it was interesting enough to report to everybody. First of all, uh, a prosecutor said, he made a comment, um, what is his name? This guy is Hudspeth County Attorney C.R. Kit Blamblett. He told CNN um, last week, last Monday, um, you can bet your ass I'm not going to be mean to Willie Nelson. Remember we played that little funny clip from uh, Snoop Dogg that said, who the fuck's mm-hmm. going to mess up, mess with Willie Nelson, man? Are you crazy? Well, this guy is the prosecutor potentially going to prosecute Willie Nelson, and he uh, he seems to be echoing the same sentiment. So what he <laughs> suggested that Willie might be able to 
Singh is way out of this trouble. He might pay like a $100 fine. And Singh is a 1975 hit, Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain in the courtroom. And uh, I, I, from the sounds of what I read about this, this prosecutor seems like he was kind of, uh, I don't know, serious about that. But uh, <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, Judge Becky Dean Walker uh, got wind of this, and she was very irritated by it. Um, she says, my court is not a gesture court. Uh, I understand that people are starstruck. I am not one of them. So she's not having anything to do with it. So it's a little bit of interesting information of what's going on down there. Um, well, he did. Well, on a, well shouldn't that be up? what, I mean, you know, I mean, in our etiquette session section or segment that week when we were talking about this and we played the mm. Snoop Dogg clip and everything, our ultimate etiquette was you shouldn't mess with Willie Nelson, right? Wasn't that what we came down to? But really, yeah. in, the, in a court of law, shouldn't they treat him just like everyone else? Just like everyone else. That's the bitter reality of it. As much as we don't think he should get any trouble or have a problem in, in and of itself, you know, uh, right. that's the way the law works. You know, it works the same way for Joe Schmo. That would be me, by the way, or uh, somebody right. that's, you know, <laughs> some big high holy guy. And uh, it, it, well, that's the way it's supposed to work anyway. <laughs> I guess there would probably be a few people in the nation that would attest to some different treatment they've experienced. But, <laughs> but yeah, that is, you're exactly right. Exactly right. It should. Um, the good news is, um, and this is a solid. This is solid information. Um, that he, you know he was busted with six ounces of weed was what the initial report said. Well, now they're saying he is getting charged for two. So oh, yeah, that's pretty decent. Yeah, that's a big, big difference. I mean, it's like it's like major, major. Well, potentially major prison time if you get caught with six ounces of weed, but if they wanted to, but. Um, misdemeanor possession of less than two ounces carries a maximum of 180 days in jail and a $2,000 fine. Although jail time is really rare in such cases, uh, according to uh, criminal lawyer, Texas criminal lawyer, George rule. So says this uh, CNN entertainment story that we're reading, but uh, yeah, so it's, it's likely uh, regardless of what the outcome, I mean, if this judge, which hopefully she will take this really seriously, as much as I don't think she should be spending her time prosecuting people for using cannabis. Um, she's a, you know, She's a court judge, so, and she should so, be. Uh, so let can we? Well, this is Texas we're talking about here, right? Wasn't it in Texas? Oh yeah, this is Texas. So he's being charged with possession of two ounces, mm -hmm. or more. I think than it's two, uh, less than two ounces, I, or more than two ounces. Yes, yes. Which one? Less than which two one? Ounces. Less, less than two. It's less. But he was actually caught with six. Yeah, Bramblett. That and uh, the prosecutor, prosecutor that we were about? who makes the brings the charges forth, right? Yeah, he joked the, Which is the same the guy that wants joked, him to sing in court. Right. He joked that while Nelson uh, was initially charged with possession of six ounces of pot, which would put the case out of his jurisdiction, he and the sheriff smoked or threw out enough to bring it into <laughs> his jurisdiction. <laughs> yes. so. Right. Right. So that's what I'm getting at. He was looking at a state jail felony of 180 days to two years with a $10,000 fine, according to Normal's legal thing right here. Um, and then. Like then these are the things that are weird. So then the, it's two ounces to four ounces is a, a class A misdemeanor where you could do up to a year, and then two ounces or less is the class is a class B misdemeanor. So you're thinking that they're charging him now with two ounces or less of weed. Correct. Yep. Huh. And uh, so the prosecutor special to treatment think that just from the beginning, basically, just because the prosecutor decided to 
to give him a yeah throw him a bone basically and smoke up his dope that's awesome yeah <laughs> i think it was a somewhat overzealous sheriff not that we've ever heard of one of those before right but uh he's he's been on record as saying you know hell yeah he's gonna he's no different than me well just kind of like we just pointed out <laughs> you know him him from joe schmo there's absolutely no difference whatsoever as far as this sheriff was concerned and you're damn right he's gonna wear the black and white striped outfits just like every other inmate in there because that's just what it'll be you know, it sounded like, boy, he's going to do the worst he can to him. But evidently, they, I don't know what happened to the rest of the weed. <laughs> he made sure he got him in his jurisdiction, though. But the important part is that sheriffs, and, and thankfully so, sheriffs don't uh, pass judgment in a court. So this will be up to the judge, and we'll just have to pay attention to what happens in Wilport as, as new things develop. In that case, leave Willie leave alone, alone, man. Leave him alone. But I mean, you know, well, it's still, it's still. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, it's weird when celebrities get actually get. I mean, this is obviously now he they are leaving him alone to a degree. Like that's the kind of treatment he's getting. You know, like what do you expect of Willie Nelson? We just you know. I, I mean, you know, if it was me, I very seriously doubt that they would uh, drop me to the lowest, the you know, the the lesser possession. It would immediately be like you got caught with what you got caught with. You know, and that would be that would be the That'd be the way you'd have to run with it, but uh, no, I guess I should have. I, I guess I should have been born Willie Nelson. Maybe that would have made it easier for me. Man, I sure would have made it a hell of a lot more fun. Yeehaw! Uh huh. <laughs> Definitely. Uh huh. Um, we've been getting well, a lot of write write ups from uh, Denton lately. Um, yeah, he does uh, some pretty good he, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've uh, sent you an email. Um, to uh, get a discussion with you sometime, Denton. So uh, thanks for the write-up on the High Time Doobie Award. Um, let's see. What else did we get? We got a, a call from Blake um, asking us what the loophole is that allows states to legalize pot even when it's not legal federally. Do we have a – We got a, that was a call, right? We have a voicemail for this. We sure do. Here it is. Hey, guys. Love the show. I was hoping you could clarify how states can go through the federal loophole of legalizing marijuana in each state. Thanks. Love the show. Hmm. I think I can take uh, a stab at that one. What do you think? Oh, yeah. oh federalism. It's beautiful sometimes and mm-hmm. confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely <Right>. confusing. <laughs> um, well, you want to go at it? You got it, Jamie? Yeah, yeah. Who sent us that email? Uh, that was uh, Blake. I'm not sure where he's from. Blake. Blake. All right, Blake. Well, listen to this. I'll take it. I'll try to do my best at this. And I know this is going to be somewhat incomplete because I'm certainly not a constitutional law professional by any means. Um, actually, I'm only a political science minor, and I'm not doing too great in that area of my academic study. Um, <laughs> just, uh, yeah, I'm doing okay. But anyway, um, there's. There's something called the Supremacy Clause of the U.S. Constitution, and it states this Constitution and the laws of the United States which shall be made in pursuance of. Now, here's the crucial language which shall be made in pursuance thereof and all treaties made or which shall be made under the authority of the United States shall be the supreme law of the land and the judges in every state shall be bound thereby anything in the constitution or laws of any state to the contrary, notwithstanding. Now that's where a lot of people get the idea that there's a federal loophole. There really isn't a federal loophole. What's really going on here is that the federal, the feds, it, it, this this language I said was a crucial part, which shall be made in pursuance thereof. That indicates that it the the feds can only go after something that is included as a federal power in the Constitution. 
if it's not listed in the Constitution as federal power, then it's left up to the states. And that is, well, not necessarily a loophole, but that's, that's in a general sense, what, how you can uh, come about this, the current uh, condition we have. For medical powers, but, but I mean, it's not. And, and the thing is, is it's not a. It's not a. I mean, the federal government <clears throat> has exercised its power to uh, prosecute uh, people participating in medical marijuana in every single way possible. It is still illegal federally to grow marijuana, possess marijuana, use marijuana, transport marijuana, sell marijuana, and Help people they with marijuana. have established through the Supreme Court that they can continue to take people down in states, even in states where, where it is legal under state law to do these things. Um, mm. And that's, that's, basically, um, that's basically where we're at still. So uh, mm-hmm. if, if they want, I mean, if the federal government has, has the power to take everybody, I mean, they have the, apparently have the legal power to take everyone down. I don't think they actually have the, uh, the money or the resources to take everyone down that's doing this. But they can right. if that mean if they want to legally. So, mm-hmm. and that's the the supremacy clause, and it's basically what is set up uh, our our federal system where states have. I mean, ha- I mean, so marijuana, so drug laws are are both are um, enforced by state law and by by mm-hmm. federal law, right, Jamie? Um, yes, in various at various levels. Yes, that's true. I mean, the majority of drug busts are done by local and state cops, not the DEA. Right. right. And the majority of drug cases are prosecuted in state court, not federal court. Right. right? And unless there's a, unless there's a, a reason, like the, the, the quantities are, you know, really up there, or they have some particular reason that they want to channel somebody into the federal system, then they'll usually be handled through the states. And so the state laws can be and are different. I mean, that's why we have different drug laws in every state with different, uh, different um, penalties, different mm-hmm. rules. Now you've got de- you know a certain amount of decriminalization in every state. Uh, right. For instance, now in California, um, you know, basically if you have less than an ounce of pot, you pay a ticket. It's not a misdemeanor or anything. But if a f- federal agent wanted to screw with you and they caught you with less than an ounce of pot, they could still throw the federal book at you if they wanted to. Um, but they just don't use their resources in that way that often. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty well. I, that's pretty much right. Um, I'm not sure if we're contradicting any, ourselves anywhere in there, but I think it sounds pretty right. It just, uh, it's, I think the it's possible thing to, the important thing to to remember here is the supremacy clause only applies if the federal government is acting in pursuit of its constitutionally authorized powers, as noted by the phrase "in pursuance thereof" in the actual text of the supremacy clause itself. Um, the supremacy clause, if you're not familiar with that, you can Google and check it out. It's in Article Six of the United States Constitution. So, it's actually the clause two of that article. So the question then is is whether the constitution does allow the federal government powers in restricting people's access to marijuana. Is that right? No, it doesn't directly. I I know it doesn't directly. Does it indirectly? Does it, is there something, I mean, I I know there's no section three of the constitution says that it says no marijuana. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I know that's not in there. (laughs) Sure. So what, how through the supremacy, through the supremacy clause, um, does the federal government 
uh, you know, stipulate its power? Um, it has to be <laughs> specifically authorized in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. And if they can't show that it is, then that's not designated as their power. They have the power to create to the Congress states. has the power to create laws. And but not in violation of the Constitution. The only way right. to right. do that is to amend it. Totally, but but saying but creating a law that's saying that you know the basically federal drug laws was is not unconstitutional. Well, that is that is the question actually, right? What is what the question? Are federal drug laws unconstitutional? I uh, so imagine at this point they're not unconstitutional. If they were unconstitutional, and that's why I'm asking, what is what? By what stipulation, what in the Constitution gives them, th- by way of the Supremacy Clause, the ability, the ability to regulate marijuana? Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, they don't. They, I mean, uh, they're, not really, they're not really regulating it. They, they just take the stance that it's illegal altogether. That, I mean, that, is, it is, that is regulation. I mean, that, oh. well, well, I mean, they're... Whatever you they, want to call it. <laughs> restricting it. Yeah, I mean, it's not a... Yeah, sure. Um, um, I think of regulation as a when it's a legal commodity that they're trying to control and tax and well, prohibiting kind of, it then. Pro, yeah. They're prohibiting it. Um, as far as I know, <laughs> Congress has the right to make laws. And if they make a law saying something's illegal, um, no, they, they can do they, that. They cannot make a law saying that speech is illegal. Right. They can't do it saying speech is illegal because speech is protected in the constitution. Uh huh. But the right to use marijuana is is not protected in um, the Constitution. Well, the Constitution. I, I mean, if if you, you're making an argument that no one is 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 has tried, no one has gone and said, "Hey, I don't you think know, that's." I, no, I think people have tried. I think there's a lot. I it think is, there's a history to all this of trying to say that federal drug laws are, are unconstitutional. Are, Absolutely, mm-hmm. I think it revolves all around this question of the supremacy the supremacy clause and where does. Where do you know federal prosecutors essentially get the right to go after someone for a law that is unconstitutional? How is it? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying. I guess what I'm understand not understanding is how is it unconstitutional? What did they do? That's. I mean, they make laws about. I mean, all sorts of things, and and so. I mean, I know that some laws are unconstitutional, and they get found to be unconstitutional. Well, they're. You know, they're. They're saying they're doing it for the protection of the. You know the public or whatever. I'm sure you know something like is is that right. that's what I'm asking is by but by even what still by like how are it's they getting to be constitutional? I mean you know like um, even even if it's to protect the community. I mean still laws are you know ju- you know Supreme Court would have to determine if it was constitutional regardless of whether or not it was to protect people. That that's mm-hmm. not right. That's I mean that's just because I don't know. Maybe they get to do that now. Maybe that's one of we the need, things we maybe need to get like schooled on this. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, this is that this that that type of interpretation goes both ways. I mean, technically, if this if the Supreme Court wanted to, they could pass, they could say, uh, they could rule that uh, Americans uh, have a constantly uh, have a protected right. There, I know there's parts of the Constitution that they could uh, they could interpret in a way and pull out that they could they could rule that p- Americans have a right to the possession of cannabis not going to become law if they decided to do that it's never that's not going to happen but i mean technically that could happen if they decided to do that that way sure (laughs) 
<laughs> technically could. <laughs> to go just, back to your question about the Constitution, the Constitution doesn't guarantee rights to people. The Constitution guarantees or doesn't doesn't guarantee it. It allows it is is a it, it's a it's an agreement amongst people to allow government to regulate the people. Yes, it gives the rights to the bran- the three branches of government. Right. And it how does not give rights. It does not give rights to people. People are sure. people are endowed by their creator with un- right. Un- it, un- it gives right. it gives rights to the government to create laws and 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 and, a- and make government work within this set of guidelines, and then it's interpreted by the the courts. Right. Right, and at so, this point, maybe we need a constitution. The interpretation on by here, the huh? courts are that drug laws, federal drug laws, are constitutional. I get that. Yeah, I get that. I think that it might help to go back to one of our previous shows. Check out our archives, and uh, there's a constitutional law professor that's an expert in constitutional law from the University of Illinois that's uh, been featured in an interview on our show and was talking. I think the the context of that interview was about uh we still had proposition uh, 19 was pending and i asked what if it was passed Mm -hmm. what could the feds do potentially and so that's that's right along the same lines as his question so if uh blake if you want to give that a a a check you can uh listen to that interview i'm sure you'll probably find a lot of uh useful information and that's Mm -hmm. the thing is and that's what they've done since medical marijuana has came out they have established their authority in prosecuting any sort of medical marijuana um, involvement that they want. And they have successfully been able to prosecute it at the federal level. Still, they've maintained their power to prosecute anyone for anything in marijuana. If they want to, regardless of what the state's laws say. Obey our right? authority. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. That happened with the, the race, uh, Rachel, uh, Reich case. Not, and, uh, not just her. Yeah, she was like the one. She's the worst case because she was. She's like a, a, a you know, a very. Um, she has lots and lots of health issues and was just using marijuana. And um, I mean, there's been other federal cases where they've prosecuted people for for basically everything now for selling, growing, possessing, using, transporting everything. So. As far as, you know, I mean, it's basically that thing. It's the federal trump card. If they want to prosecute you, even if what you are doing is completely legal within your state, 100% legal within your state, they can't. Now, what they're saying now is that if you're doing, if you are completely legal within your state, we're not going to prosecute because they have the ability Mm -hmm. to determine what they do and don't prosecute. And obviously, they don't prosecute the, you know, they prosecute very, very minimal very, very minimal fraction of people that are involved with medical marijuana, but they still have the power to do it. So, um, yeah. So there's not, there's not really, it's like you're saying, it's not really a loophole. There it's is just no the loophole. fact that it's just the fact that states have the right to create their own laws, but they're and then, and that then there's federal law. So, yeah, confusing. And then the state laws are also different from each other. And that's one of the things that we've had when we cover this, when we cover all this um, on the show. And we, we go from California to Montana to Colorado to Rhode Island to New Jersey to Arizona. And we start talking about medical marijuana states. It's really difficult because the state constitutions in every state are very different from each other, granting different powers to their legis- to their branches of government. And, um, right? I mean, it makes it. It's it's like has its beauty and it has its its complication in it altogether. Mm-hmm. Can only beauty, imagine. That's nice. 
can't imagine. Well, I mean, it you know, it's given us the right to to do what we're doing. It's you know, it's helped us <laughs> right. along the path. But then you have things like where you have states that are like banning gay adoption and banning gay marriage and 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 you know, rolling back um, social uh, um, movements and stuff and 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 creating mm-hmm. social injustices through it as well. So um, to me, it's a federalism has always seemed like a double edged sword. Like you can. You can use it to the benefit of moving a social cause forward, or you can really restrict some things through it. So right, I don't know. For sure. We, let us know uh, what you think of that, Blake. Um, I don't know if we answered your question completely or accurately, if we contradicted ourselves. Doing the best we can here. Probably it's organic. Raised more questions. That's what we usually yeah. do. Hey, uh, Shakedown sends us a link as well. What was that about? Oh, cool. About, uh, yeah, cannabis lobbying on Capitol Hill has been going on. Oh, oh we're going to talk about something. this. This has got to do with money, right? <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah, it's about Capitol Hill. Of course it has to do with money. This has yeah. got to do with money and corruption, right? <laughs> <laughs> Probably some corruption in there, too, yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going we gonna, to we're gonna get to s- yeah, something we're regarding this later, later on in the show? Yeah, you got it. Cool. Okay. Um, I grabbed an email um, back we're going to go we're going to answer this one quick a few weeks back uh sean emailed us he was asking us uh what are some of the negative connotations associated with cannabis that people draw from smoking tobacco um i don't know you guys i I, this is pretty impromptu but i figured we could put this on here because we've talked about this a lot in the past Mm. um the biggest one that i can put out there is that People automatically assume because it's smoked, a lot of people smoke it, that it's mm-hmm. going to kill you. Yeah, it's going to create like, cancer. cancer. It's very unhealthy for you, right? Those, yeah. are, those are the biggest ones, um, which as far as we can tell at this point, mm-hmm. it doesn't create cancer. It does not cause cancer. Right. It does not, right. is not necessarily a significant health hazard, although we on the show agree that probably burning any sort of carbon and inhaling any burnt carbon may not be ultimately super healthy for you. Right, guys? Right. That's right. It, and I think, you know, the, the burned plant matter of cannabis does contain carcinogens, but the study by Taskus down at the UCLA shows that yeah. um, the, the smoking of cannabis by itself, is the whole plant material, there is, there is no correlation between it and cancer and that, in fact, he showed you know, further studies might, might show otherwise, but his study showed that there was a negative correlation. Right. And yeah. That, and, and also that potentially it could, uh, was it his show? Did his give, um, point to the p- p- potential of it being kind of an yes. anti-cancer agent? It did. It did. He said that it would require more research, but there's some indicator that may lead them to believe, or in other words, it might lead them down the path to finding that out. And we're going to talk like, about this later in the show as well, too. Uh, uh, yeah, that was a multi-million dollar NIDA-funded uh, study. So that's very credible. I would really recommend that people use that because it's one of the most common things that people bring up is those connotations associated with cannabis that are drawn over from smoking tobacco. And uh, that's probably the best, most affirmative defense against that in a conversation, I would say, that Donald Tashkin study from UCLA. And then also, I want to, you know, and then, okay, so that, that there's on your health thing. And then you look at social consequences. Now, I'm not going to compare it to alcohol, or, I mean, to tobacco right now. I'm going to compare it to tobacco, to alcohol. People also have 
negative associations about cannabis related to alcohol. They think it's going to make people act wild and get in fights and do stupid shit all the time. And, um, and as we found, and you can, you can, uh, if you never read the book before, uh, marijuana is safer. So why are we driving people to drink? You can check that out. (laughs) Um, but a lot of people believe that, you know, uh, marijuana is equally bad to alcohol. And then there's also something we've noticed as well is that governments, local governments, especially in at local and state governments uh, in medical marijuana states, t- are starting to justify high taxes on marijuana kind of because they're as- kind of asserting that there will be similar social consequences Syntax. and health consequences as alcohol and tobacco use. And from what we can tell, this is just, just not side. true. Yeah, it's just not true. And so, you, you know, um, they're, they're going to, you know, a lot of places are starting to add these excess, these excise taxes on on medical marijuana and stuff because they're kind of justifying it through the associations of alcohol and tobacco. And we're not finding the evidence that backs it up. So if you've yeah. got it, send it in. The sin tax, which I don't, I don't understand. think it's out there, dude. What do you think? As of now, it's almost. I don't know. Yeah. What well, else we, is that? Uh, is that up for the questions for today? I think so. And if you guys have any more, please, as always, send them in info at cannabisagenda.com or you can call us and uh, just like Blake did, seven zero seven six five four can C A N N, which are the numbers two two six six. Um, on to announcements, events, and questions to our listeners. Hey, I got a question to the listeners. Um, I'm I'm reviewing a hemp wick product right now which is a hemp string covered in like uh beeswax i believe and you burn it so that you don't have to every time you light a bowl you don't have to be smoking directly from a flame that is fueled by butane um if you guys use hemp wick let us know and let us know what type of hemp wick you use so that i can get those types and compare this type that i'm currently reviewing and uh, to those types. I really, really, really appreciate that. And also, um, we're still trying to connect with some dispensaries in California. I think we have one good lead for people to talk with. But uh, if you are associated with a dispensary in any way in California, they'd be down to um, start a dialogue with us. Please give us a holler. Uh, hey, you know what? Like, I have something. I, yeah. I have some hemp, hemp wick. It's called Beeline. So check that one out too. Beeline? Like B-E-E line? Yep. You know, because it's it's like coated in beeswax or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's yep. a common. One. That's what it is. You yeah. know, I'm not smoking now, but I gave some to my uh, some friends of mine, and they said it was really cool. Okay. They were yeah. kind of looking at me cross uh, when I gave it to them, like, "What? What do we want to do all that for?" <laughs> they didn't understand. <clears throat> you know, You're, are you one of those? Know. Are you one of those vegans that smoke cigarettes? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't understand that uh, all that gas you know has an effect on you you know you don't know it until you do it. I, I did a solar hit like several years back oh yeah you know, i forgot about those things dude solar hits. i was astonished i had no clue at all until after i had done that and later i wasn't like convenient you know in the situation i was in and i grabbed a lighter i could taste it instantly just the, the contrast it was so different i didn't notice otherwise you know so yeah i got a pretty oh. i got a pretty damn good palate man and i i don't know it's tough. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just so used to butane at this point that it's like any, 
smoking without maybe i'm addicted to the butane Ugh, that's a bad thought yeah i don't want to be addicted to that rush no gross hopefully not we need science on this one shit's hitting the fan in montana let's move on to the rocky mountain eye for today what's going on in the rocky mountain area oh my gosh have you guys heard you you guys followed this at all i mean we talked about Mm -hmm. we talked about the house bill right that was moving towards the senate and didn't i thought that it was i thought that it was thrown out in a in a um thrown out in a uh, committee last week. No, so this House bill made it through the House that would completely repeal the 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 states act and uh the Senate the Senate signed it as well. So I got a clip here for that. Let's check it following out. a successful blast motion yesterday, that repeal hit the Senate floor for debate today. News Channel 5's Casey Drescher has more from the Capitol. About 24 hours ago, senators were casting their vote for regulations last hope. I've heard said here tonight that we shouldn't play games. Well, I would like to know what happened yesterday if that wasn't games. In what can only be described as one of the most heated political spats this session. You go up to your caucus and talk about the 28 to 22 and give yourself high fives. I understand that. And you could continue to do it to us, but sometime on these important issues, we do need to talk. It's not happening. Repeal isn't the way to go. Mm-hmm. Senator Esmond, you do have a good bill, but you could have talked to us and you won't. Lawmakers sounded off on the repeal of medical marijuana. How dare you say that for people that have MS, Lou Gehrig's disease, and a whole host of other maladies that have chosen not to be addicted to narcotics. With the clock ticking and a murky future in the House for the Senate's regulation measure, some senators support repeal because they say they have no other choice. I can't accept status quo when 30,000 people are out there and, and a lot of them are using medicine, Senator Erickson, but a lot of them are just smoking pot. But that pot, according to senators against House Bill 161, is making a difference in people's lives. To take it away from them because some other people are misbehaving is very cruel and very immoral. And I will continue to try to defend the, those people who are not hurting anybody. They're using the product in the privacy of their home. Their neighbors don't even, in most cases, know they're doing it. But they are getting great relief from it. And while those in opposition say the voters are the only ones that should repeal the state's marijuana law, supporters say the voters had it wrong. Sometimes the most compassionate answer you can give is no. You don't need this. After over an hour of heated debate. 29 senators having voted aye and 21 senators having voted no, House Bill 161 has passed second reading. Reporting from the Capitol. We're playing a parlor game with people's lives here. I'm Casey Drescher, News Channel 5. So it's heading to the governor's office for a signature and he's indicated that he will not sign it. Um, so that is a good thing. I don't know what its status is after that happens. If it, I mean, I guess the I'm sure uh, they have a way. Typically, they yeah, could. they can do a super override with two thirds or whatever. But they may not. Ha- it doesn't sound like they have those numbers. Hopefully not. Um, yeah. So then the other thing that's going on is uh, the Senate has been working with some people in Montana and uh, not others. Apparently, I think uh, it's part of that rift in Montana that we've talked about before. Um, and, uh, they've come up with this bill that will, uh, 
cut down the number of card holders from the the current number of about thirty thousand to under two. Uh, this is the what is medicine and who deserves to use it the, issue again. The Montana Therapeutic Marijuana Act, and we've got a clip for this one as well. SB four twenty three. 30,000 down to 2,000, and that nearly 50-page bill drafted at the last minute had its first hearing in the Senate Judiciary Committee this morning. News Channel 5's Casey Drescher brings us more on the Montana Therapeutic Marijuana Act. I'm pretty sure we're going to be guaranteed that not everybody's going to be happy. Whether it's called therapeutic or medical, the controversy surrounding marijuana continues. Government is not responsible for providing the people with pot. Despite the House's push for repeal, Senate Bill 423 is the Senate's last-ditch effort to overhaul Montana's medical marijuana law. We must resolve this in order to deal with the public safety issue that's been raised. It's evident. We know it. This bill is, a, is our best attempt to offer. Senator Essman's proposal even has supporters saying this bill is horribly flawed. The bill that goes to great lengths to limit the number of patients. We believe this bill goes a long way in getting, probably reducing the number of cardholders from 30,000 significantly down. Shuts down all storefronts, growers and manufacturers on July 1st. Everything. There's nothing left. There's not a seed. There's nothing. Where does the first seed come from to begin growing again? We know that the seed was given by God in the first place, but I don't know how to call them down to have it drop into my backyard so I can start growing. And growing operations would not be allowed to make a profit. Get the money out really is get the patients out. While supporters say any attempt for regulation is a good first step, the Public Service Commission, appointed as the state licensing authority in the bill, rose in opposition. The commission has a full plate of utility regulatory issues within the, with numerous important cases either before us now or expected in the near future. Adding the role of state licensing authority as contemplated under this bill would distract the agency from its core mission. And Senate Bill 423's mission is to repeal and cleanse the current system and then strictly regulate a new one, which would begin October 1st. And I am confident it will arrive at a solution because it must arrive at a solution. Reporting from the Capitol, I'm Casey Drescher, News Channel 5. Slash and burn. Mm -hmm. This is where you're talking about, Jamie, you've mentioned it a lot in the past. Uh, things can go backwards real quick. This is just proof oh, you how, bet you. how far we've actually got to go. Within days, Montana can go from being a hotbed uh, in the medical marijuana industry to basically non-existent. Um, <laughs> literally within months, this makes it to where, you know, um, just getting a medical, you being able to use medical cannabis in the state is going to become a lot more difficult. Um, they, both of these stories, people on the other side make it seem like marijuana is people that are involved in marijuana are just so irresponsible and do mm. lots of bad stuff. And it's just bad, bad, bad. <laughs> and it's in everyone's face and it's bad. If we've been covering Montana since we started this show and most of the things that have happened related to mar medical marijuana in Montana that are bad have been done by people that are, are, are against it. Fire, like what we had, like Molotov cocktails thrown through dispensaries. Someone was killed. A grower was killed. Um, you, you know, I'm sure that there's home invasions and thie thievery going on up there, too. But that's not that's not the people that are involved with 
with medical cannabis, though, that's just those are just criminals. Um, right. You have to differentiate between the two for sure. I mean, the, the whole thing here. Go one. You know, I don't even know how. I, I guess in, apparently in Montana, it doesn't matter whether you vote on something. The ultimate power is within your legislature, and that sucks for you guys up there because. Why even vote on it if it can just be completely repealed and, um, you know, your, the right that you thought you granted yourself through an election can be taken away by your legislature? Sounds to me like, right. you know, you, you, know you, you have a, li- a lot less power than your legislature does when it comes to, to creating your laws there. That's one big thing. But then it's like they want, really want to reduce the number of people that have access to it. And here we go again. This is big time going backwards. What is medicine? You know what? What is medicine to people? Is marijuana? Marijuana is, needs to apparently the viewpoint up there with your legislators is that it needs to be controlled to the point to where only people that are like you know like there's Lou Gehrig's disease, a, 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 a cancer, AIDS, um, MS. Only those people can benefit from it, but people with other ailments don't. Even though it appears that marijuana is beneficial for hundreds of common ailments too i i I don't know how do you guys feel about how do you guys feel about this this just really really rubs me the wrong way i'm uh typically irritated you know i don't know i don't know (laughs) what to say about some of this sometimes it just it kills me i don't I never will get used to, even remotely get used to. Did you hear, like, even back the story before this one, when they were talking to the legislature in Montana, and the guy says, you know, there's a lot of people out there, they will be using it for medicine. But the fact is, we have to understand here, a lot of people out there are just going to be smoking pot. You know what my favorite line was? Sometimes the most compassionate answer is no. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you don't need this. He's, he's used to that. He has he he tries to hit on he tries to cheat on his wife all the time, and and women are always like, "No, dude, no." <laughs> some, that's a very compassionate answer for his wife. Um, whoa, yeah, those were both great. <laughs> There's just gonna be, they're just smoking pot. It's like, yeah, that's all they're doing, dude. They're just smoking pot, and it makes them feel better. It relieves their anxiety, or it ba- it, it it mellows them out. Or it relieves their headache. It relieves pain for their headache. Or I don't know. To some degree, medicine just can't make you feel better. I mean, isn't just feeling better like? Isn't that okay? Yeah. I mean, if you're not hurting anybody <laughs> as a consequence, isn't that like okay? Isn't that okay? Isn't that a good thing? Isn't that so ridiculous? Isn't that encouraged? I don't know. Oh, I mean, that's thought. why we take vitamins and stuff, and we eat healthier, and we because it'll make us feel better, but. But smoking pot to make you feel better? Oh my God. It's just, it's horrible. I can't believe it's it. Off the, it's it's off really rails, sad man. to it's see how fast this is going to go backwards in Montana. Um, yeah. Wow. Sorry, guys. Don't know what to say. I think we're yeah. pretty much. That's a very uh, dangerous president to, uh, to let the people vote on a, on a, on a, a people-ran initiative like that. And have it become law, and then the the representative officials reverse it like they want, are trying to do. That's 
that's really ugly, and that's why the governor is taking the stance that he's taking. Yeah, I know because then I mean because then you could really anything the voters any initial any laws the voters have ever created then are really things they don't like matter things like that have happened in California. You know that the legislature has been uh, you know with SB four twenty for example they they moved to restrict mm-hmm. medical marijuana. And in fact, the the courts decided that it was actually, uh, you know, more of a baseline for medical marijuana. It was it was the minimum amount you were allowed. Um, well, they they decided that the entire law SB four twenty was unconstitutional because it amended SB four. It it made amendments to it basically amended SB two. I mean, it amended Prop two fifteen. Right. So that's that's they, that's a, that's my point is basically that this even if the governor were to sign this, it would probably go to the courts in Montana, who we would then have to wait. You know. To see right, but then this comes the, back to what we're talking about with this, all these different state constitutions. I mean, yes, obviously, yeah. the legislature in Montana feels like they have the legal right to repeal a law that was passed by the people. Well, they feel they have the legal right to do a lot of things that they yep, don't necessarily. They do. Right. <laughs> right. They do whatever because, they want, so and they're saying, like, we're going to do this. That this, you could, have to this would go. Sorry, what's that, buddy? That's okay. I didn't mean to walk on you there. I just, uh, I was, I was saying, I, do you, are, is Cox saying that this would, this would potentially go then to the Montana state Supreme Court? Right? I don't see how the oh. activists in Montana wouldn't take it there. Absolutely. Yeah. Unless it's yeah. already been established that the legislature can do these sort of things in Correct. Montana, which Correct. I don't think that it has. So, I mean, we'll find out. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, we'll find out. We'll 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 get on the line with the Hotbox crew eventually here too. I was just we'll gonna say, that. I can imagine Matt from Hotbox standing on the tallest statue he can find, screaming his head off. <laughs> <laughs> Facts so, yeah. change. We got we got one more bad story out of Montana as well. Yes, you guys want to hear this one, or should we skip it? It's the, it's the trifecta, <laughs> right? Just let's let's try to. Well, man, we might need to go optimistic after this uh, Rocky Mountain High segment. I don't even know <laughs> if we can. Let's see. The last one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The national spotlight comes after this. Yeah, it looks cool. like it's got yeah, some it's a little stuff little cheerier. Right, I'm gonna roll this clip here. Okay. Well, Jake, we actually have a few wild stories straight out, straight out of Monta- Montana. And um, let's start with 27-year-old Matthew Otto. <laughs> He's from Montana, and he's facing up to life in prison after a jury found him guilty of criminal distribution of dangerous drugs. But get this, his dangerous drugs was three grams of medical marijuana, and the distribution was him sharing his pot with two of his friends. Montana law defines any distribution as a felony that carries a possible life sentence. The man hasn't been sentenced yet, and his public defender is calling this case, quote, a puff of smoke. Now, look, they pass it inside a car, so that's stupid, right? And they they were driving the car. He wasn't driving the guy who got charged, right? But there's also a $50,000 fine, and he has a medical permit to actually have the marijuana. Life in prison and $50,000? Doesn't that seem crazy? It does seem crazy. And when you really look at the big picture, in Montana, if you are found guilty of sexual assault and it's your first offense, you pay a $500 fine and you face a whopping six months in prison. I I mean, how does that make any sense? And I know that story. It turns out if you have three sexual assaults, you might get up to five years. But you can get life for smoking a little bit of pot? Look, I don't smoke pot, but this is insanity. This is madness. It's not even reefer madness. All right. Uh, but I we mean, got. Sh- That's enough of that. Uh, at least they're semi rational yeah. about it. Hello. <laughs> right. um, 
it is madness. And this is what you deal with. We deal with in all 50 states. There's some stupid ass drug law, whether it be about mar- I mean, most it's about every drug typically, but the laws are getting a little bit better in some states about pot. But they're still pretty ridiculous. I can't believe oh, that. Yeah. They, they, they just compared <laughs> it to sexual assault. That's that's uh, <laughs> that's sickening. I mean, talk about having your priorities out of whack. Yeah. Um, the more the more things change, the more they stay the same. I remember back in 1999. I think Cogs was there. We had a big uh, a big normal normal like speaking event. It was a panel discussion. Remember that? And I spoke at the end, and I said, "Here you are, and, and you get you get locked up for a small quantity of cannabis, and you're in the penitentiary, scared to death, man, fighting for your life every second of the day. And there's like Scary Larry next to you who's been molesting little kids. And then like a few years later, Scary Larry looks at you like, "See you later." And he takes <laughs> off, and you're still in there, and you're going, "What the?" F- Heck is going on around here? The, 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 you like the way heck? I buffered that? Yeah. <laughs> the host of I that. I mean, what in? Go ahead. I mean, if you're in prison, you wouldn't be changing your language, I'd imagine, if you're in that scenario. But yeah, what, what in the world is going on with... It's not that that stuff happens and going, that's crazy. Because on its face, when you first hear about a story like this, and this is like, what, I don't know, whatever number of thousand times I've heard these types of stories, and it never changes, it never gets easier to hear, and it's just it never stops being as ridiculous as it was the first time you heard it. But my main question is, how can this possibly be allowed to happen in our st- in our country? How come this isn't immediately, because there's millions of activists, why don't, why don't people pick these things up and say, listen, this is no big deal. And you, you poo-poo the whole thing about, you know, you're, you're, you're destroying people over something that's not, you know, you're, 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 criminal justice priorities are doing more harm to people than the substance and the, the, the action that you're charging them for in the first place, you know, and they always go, no, we're not even arresting pot people. That's just a myth, blah, blah, blah. And why aren't people putting this up in their faces and going, look, this is not a hypothetical story. This isn't somebody that smoked, you know, an ounce of, Northern lights, number five, and then come up with this brilliant idea. This is, this is seriously happening. And it's not a, it's not, it's, this is a somewhat, uh, it's not an isolated instance by all, by any means, but it's not the norm. I mean, they, they don't prosecute everybody this extreme, but this is not like, you know, unheard of. It happens all over the country. I mean, I'm sure there's other people in the country right now that are facing just these disgraceful, I mean, humongous overbearing charges for just these minuscule, well, I'm up for 76 years and I got caught with three seeds and a roach in my, in my ashtray. It's like, what the, f-? you know, I'm sorry. I usually just choose not to curse, but I got to tell you, man, what the fuck are they thinking? Are this, is this really happening in our, in our nation? And we're just sitting here letting it happen. Ugh, if you're not outraged, buddy, you're not paying attention to this ordeal. Right, 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 right. Terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't know what else sucks. Uh, if you're listening for the first time on the normal live network, we are about to be cut off and we're, Really just getting this show started. We did get it started with a lot of negative news today. Not everything on the show is always so negative. They play like the first hour of this on um, on the normal network. So please uh, go to our website, which is CannabisAgenda.com. Link up with us there. You can listen to the whole show there or uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. What's going on in Colorado? Are they, They're what? What are they doing? What's going on? They're selling, selling doobies for It's Japan? an interesting thing. You know... Uh, 
there's this there's a gentleman in uh, Colorado, Compassionate Pain Management. Um, his name is Sean Gindy, and he's donated uh, their proceeds from marijuana joint sales to Red Cross relief efforts in Japan. <laughs> it's called Joints for Japan. Uh oh. In response to their recent crisis and uh, emergency situation over there, um, he said he just couldn't believe the devastation. He wanted everything, or he watched everything get wiped away. Their whole lives were gone. Uh, Sean Gindy said. Uh, he said there's there was a moment where I started looking at ways to fly over there, ways to somehow get there to help out. And he said, you know, he really realized he knew nothing about search and rescue. So he pretty soon uh, abandoned that plan to go over there and get involved uh, in person. But uh, he is an expert in one area, medical marijuana. So he runs uh, two dispensaries actually in the Denver area called Compassionate Pain Management. Um, And uh, he floated the idea of raising money for Japan uh, on his dispensary's Facebook page. And he got a dozen likes like almost right away. So he knew immediately that he could use his dispensary to raise some money. And thus was born Joints for Japan. And uh, he said, what we're, what we're going to do is take all the revenue from the hand-rolled medicine, 100% of it, from this weekend and potentially for the next few weeks, and they're going to donate it to the Red Cross. Hand-rolled medicine, and uh, in, in obviously in medical marijuana speak for a joint, but you know, everybody... Doobie! Yeah, doobage. Or a marijuana cigarette. They contain half of a gram of marijuana... And uh, they're the most popular item in the store. They sell for five bucks a piece. And Gindy said they sell thousands of those a month. So it's a substantial amount of money they're talking about sending over there to these folks. Um, he said that they get a lot of people that come in just for the pre-rolled cigarettes. Hand-rolled medicine. Is that what it's called? Does that make it better? It's just hand-rolled. Uh, the most difficult part of the endeavor has been coming up with the fundraiser's name. Um, his, le- his business, of course, is legal under Colorado law. He pays taxes. He's got like 18 full-time employees and stuff. But uh, as we all know, this industry is still struggling for respectability. Um, with that in mind, he rejected contenders such as Bake for the Quake and Joint Relief um, and decided to go with something that sounded a little bit more respectable. Hopefully, uh, his fundraising efforts will bring a little bit more respectability to the medical marijuana industry, he hopes. and uh, But op- ultimately, he said, uh, it's the people of Japan that uh, he truly hopes to help. So that's pretty cool. His closing comment, he said, uh, in Japan every day, the number of lives lost jumps up. Whatever we can do to help out, we'd like to. I can't fault him for that. It's an interesting take on uh, fundraising for disaster victims. I say the next big disaster, you know, Imminent disaster. I mean, there's going to be something. That's just life. So whatever pops up next, that's a huge global disaster. We should just like start bailing pounds and junk. <laughs> that could be a new trend. What, what, what do you? I'm going to be a buzzkill on this. What do you think about that, Pat? Pot. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a. I mean, I think it's it's. They did it to get um to attention. get attention. Yeah, it's not going to be very effective in helping yeah. with the disaster. The huge right. disaster in Japan. Um, right. It, this was this was a PR a PR scam to to get mm-hmm. attention to your dispensary and ha- get get new customers. I mean, sorry, exactly. <laughs> I'm a buzzkill yep. too. But, oh no, uh, well that's right. You know. I, I agree with you. That's exactly right. No doubt about it. And I mean, it's, but I still that said though, I think it's a great thing because it does send a positive message. You know, it is. It, I, it is. That's a, how I feel too. You I, know, at I, least I he didn't to. like go gun people down to get attention I, and be like, <laughs> you know, like. Right. I, mean, I, I personally, I think there are better causes he could have chosen to raise money for. He could have I, used yeah. that for 
marijuana causes. You I mean, could have used it for absolutely. marijuana causes. You could have fed people with that money. You know, Japan, they're pretty well off. They have a lot yeah, of money. Oh, uh, I don't want to get into that. Yeah, I know. We don't have to get into all that. And then he's giving it to the Red Cross, too. And you know how big their administrative costs oh, are? And you know how many big mistakes the Red Cross makes, and too? And then here, money I'm, they waste? I'm reading money. from their website right now, just when we're not going to get into it. But on those rare occasions when donations exceed American Red Cross expenses for a specific disaster... Contributions are used to prepare and serve victims of other disasters. Meaning, it just goes into the coffers of the American Red Cross. They don't sure right in the general fund. Yeah, so they don't guarantee that the money will be spent for any specific hey, cause. I don't know. You I, know what? I have a good idea for an alternative use for these funds. How about the guy that's facing life imprisonment for three grams of pot? That's a perfect for, place. Well, I mean, that, you probably well, need some see, serious and then you're, legal Okay, defense. now you're getting into like Americans for Safe Access. So many of these dispensaries are affiliated with Americans for Safe Access, and they're this uh, level or that level with Americans for Safe Access. But oh, I, what? I, I guess my question is, where is that? Uh, where does that go? Why aren't people? I mean, if there's so much money going through the the medical marijuana and the marijuana industry now. How come there are not any defense funds or anything like that going on for people in certain key precedent-setting cases and stuff? Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't see it. Uh, maybe we're just not catching it. I'm sure it, there's but. a lot more going on than we're immediately aware of. But uh, yeah, I get your point, and I think you're right, and I would echo that. I, I see your point, and I raise you nine octaves of, and of volume. The guy's, heart, the guy's heart is in the right place. Come on. And the, you know, right. Sure, 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 sure. It's a bright story, and, and undoubtedly, regardless of his intent, you, you can't argue. You can't argue that that's not an effective and positive thing for whatever cause. I mean, like you know, mobs and 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 really brutal like outlaw biker gangs and all kinds of people do that kind of shit. You see them riding toys for tots, <laughs> helping out the children. This big guy's got a taking care of business patch. He just wiped out like three of his you know enemy. <laughs> a couple days ago, you know, and then passed out. But he really like, likes kids. And he stays handing this little kid a G.I. Joe going, there you go, buddy. It's cool. There you go. And they're taking a picture on the front page of the newspaper. You know, bikers help out unfortunate children. And so those kind of things work. And I, am, I, for one, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I, my personal opinion, I think whatever they can do to help positively shift the, the, the perception of cannabis and cannabis use, I'm all for it. Sure, sure, yeah, and 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 what I am, what I'm saying is about the. You're right when you said the guy's heart's in the right place. I mean, you know, it's a a, t- a really big, terrible disaster in Japan, obviously. Um, and it, it it's a. You're right. It's a statement of someone that's making money. You know, making money off of cannabis, being, um, you know, compassionate about another cause, and that's good. Um, yeah, and but, I was talking about talking shit about him too. So. <laughs> Right. But I mean, you know, I mean, that's what I'm saying, too. Like, ultimately, when you do these sorts of things, you're not dumb to the fact that it's going to bring you positive attention. Right, and so therefore, right, right. it's I a, mean, you know, right. positive PR move too. you know. Yep. So, yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> National Spotlight. <laughs> Rocky <laughs> Mountain. Let's go away from the Rocky Mountains for just a little <laughs> while. The air is not so doesn't. I don't think the air is so fresh around those parts right now. So. It's getting some of that radioactive fallout. It's getting more than even the West Coast <laughs> might be right now. We'll get to the West Coast in a little while, but uh, yeah, what's going on on in the national spotlight today? This is some good news. Hey, Jamie, you want to you want to get into this? 
Yeah, this is really interesting stuff, actually. The National Cancer Institute add marijuana as a possible treatment option for not only symptom management, but also for its uh, possible anti-tumor effect. And the the dealio with this here, the, the real importance is the National Cancer Institute is just that. It's it's a national medical institution. It's a, it's a, a formidable branch of, what is it? The National Institute of Health, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep, fully government-funded. So they, they receive a lot of, is it fully well, federal? I don't know. They're, they're maybe not fully, but they receive they're, a lot of government money. A lot of, they're okay, also gotcha. prominently listed on every single list ever pushed into somebody's face by a overzealous Republican or anti-cannabis zealot when they're pointing out that if it's so legitimate, how come these primary medical institutions are not behind it? And National Cancer, Cancer Institute for the longest time was one of those that was prominently mentioned because of its prominence in our in our federal system. And uh, well, they've added uh, they've added marijuana in there. We've got the website uh, link up there, and I think we have a clip to to uh, to listen to as well. Is that correct? Yeah, we do. Here it is. California was the first state to make medical marijuana legal back in 1996. Now, for the first time ever, a federal agency has recognized that marijuana does have medical benefits. Last week, the National Cancer Institute added a summary of marijuana's possible benefits to its treatment treatment database. It reads, quote, the potential benefits of medical, medicinal, I should say, cannabis for people living with cancer include antiemetic, I hope I got that right, effects, appetite, appetite stimulation, pain relief, and improved sleep. In the practice of interactive oncology, the healthcare provider may recommend medicinal cannabis not only for symptom management, but also for its possible direct anti-tumor effect. So that's a lot of medical benefits. This new assessment from the National Cancer Institute could have an impact on the classification of marijuana as a Schedule One drug. That's the harshest possible drug degree classification. One of the main criteria for a Schedule One drug is that, quote, the drug or other substance has no currently accepted medical use in treatment in the United States. Now, if a federal agency has recognized the medicinal benefits of marijuana, technically, it shouldn't be moved down to a Schedule Three drug. But a change of scheduling for pot could also mean an end to the federal government using a tax law loophole to put medical marijuana shops out of business. For years, the IRS has been citing Section 280E of the tax code that blocks medical shops from getting business tax deductions. It reads, quote, No deduction or credit shall be allowed for any amount paid if such trade or business consists of trafficking in controlled substances within the meaning of Schedule 1 and 2 of Controlled Substances Act. So if pot ends up becoming a Schedule 3 drug, this loophole that the feds are using would have no standing. You understand the importance of this? Then they could not bust all those shops that are selling marijuana. Finally, the government has admitted, you know what? Medical marijuana does have benefits. Now, can we stop this madness? It's been nearly 75 years on this war on drugs. It's not working. (laughs) Actually, the government didn't admit anything. That's an institution that gets funded by the government. That's not, not... the president or the right the the supreme court or the um house or senate saying you're right <laughs> it's but it's a step in that direction it is uh, the national How- cancer institute a uh, cancer institute is a us government agency Mm-hmm. It's a, but it's it's. But it, I'm I mean, not saying it's, it's not it's not a prominent politician. Not the no, right? well, they make not, they probably. I'm, I don't know if they actually big. make policy, but they do make a lot of very you know recommendations. That's for sure. They they are a a, a a an arm of the a branch of the government though. 
Sure. Uh, their address is cancer.gov, not cancer.com. They cancer. take their uh, they take their cues from one another, and uh, as was recently uh, witnessed, um, this a lot of this language was uh, changed on uh, 3:30 on uh, March 30th, 2011. Initially, this came out and it said a lot of more positive things about cannabis. Um, well, they had a an absolutely insane response to that. Um, a lot of people like very positively coming out of the woodwork and some people were really angry about it as well. And, uh, it was just overwhelming. Um, and they, they, they have a statement on this list. I don't know if it says, um, changes to this summary, zero three thirty twenty eleven, 2011. And it explains what they've changed. Some of the language was actually changed because, you know, it's kind of like uh, that Pat Robertson thing when he said that he thinks the laws are crazy and sending people to prison is, is wrong. And, you know, for cannabis use, and then, like, I don't know, later that night, his, his people said, well, he didn't really mean that like it sounded. And they try to retract everything. Same kind of in, uh, situation with this. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't know that that was retracted. He was, they were, Pat, Pat Roberts, yeah. they well, retracted. They, huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, they didn't exactly retract it all 100%. They just tried to clarify that he didn't really mean, you know, that. Well, basically what they said and just was, he didn't really mean what he said. <laughs> he, he meant something totally different. He didn't different, really mean that people well, should be able to have up to a few ounces of cannabis right. not, not go to jail for it. Yeah. Right. He got caught being honest. Doggone it. Oops. Better watch that. <laughs> yeah. 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 What about this one? How honest do you think this is? Medical marijuana sales reach $1.7 annually. We got a clip on this too. It's conservative. Be surprised to learn that one of the most profitable prescription drugs in the U.S. doesn't come in pill form, but as something you smoke. Medical marijuana sales have reached $1.7 billion annually, according to a report released this week. Financial analysts with Sea Change Strategy say medical cannabis is becoming a blockbuster drug, almost equaling sales of Viagra. The report only focuses on 15 states plus the District of Columbia, where the drug has some protection by law. In these states alone, the market is expected to nearly double in the next five years. California and Colorado make up the vast majority, 92%, of medical marijuana sales nationwide. For MSNBC.com, I'm Kava Anderson. Awesome. Yeah, uh, the same amount as Viagra. Crazy. So that kind of points out the, the culturally defining quality of, of Americans. We just want to smoke a little bud and get a good boner. That's our priorities. No. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't Viagra like, like the most advertisement the highest though? Selling that, that was really. That sounded like an advertisement though. The whole. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of if scale. Was, if the laws changed, maybe they would like integrate them together. Like I don't know if you buy an ounce, if you buy more than an ounce of this product, we'll throw in a few sample Viagras, or maybe if you get some Viagra, we'll throw in one of these cushy buds. I don't know. Maybe that's a thousand yeah. years away. What do you think? <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine. You get the blue pill with the green bag. Good work. Yeah, you know, on an on on a, on a serious, more serious note, though, you you've got to you got to know that there are some seriously uh, powerful people paying attention to this kind of stuff. Um, there's people. I mean, that's that's not a funny business. Um, the Viagra business. That's a that's a, a 
kill or be killed, really brutal industry. And uh, it's all about money and profit, and they don't give a crap about anybody, really. And that's one of you know many industries that you know kind of prop up our country. And all the people that are invested in these industries are invested, tend to be invested heavily in all of them. And most of our lawmakers, especially on the federal level, all will be will have you'll find them to have huge holdings in all of those areas: banking, Wall Street, pharmaceuticals. And you know, when they see something is surpassing the 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 revenue levels of the big stuff that they're holding, they're I don't know. They're not going to come on on the air and say, "Hey, I'm ta- I'm paying attention to this. This is interesting." But you, you got to know they're paying attention to that, man. You know what I mean? It's kind of like how the- happy the executives in those companies probably were when they figured out that they had successfully created an erectile dysfunction medication. Do you know? Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> some of them were probably personally happy. <laughs> but I mean, like you know, for their own for their own ED issues. But I mean, wow! Talk about bringing yeah. joy back to a lot of people's boring, otherwise boring lives. <laughs> it's enormous. It's enormous, right. and that's the things they'll go after. If there's a if there's an ailment, and it is just atrocious. It only it as hypothetical as it gets. It only attacks pretty six year old girls. It's awful, but it's kind of rare. They're not gonna. They're not gonna pay attention to that. They're gonna apologize to the parents and empath, empath, try to emphasize with them and try to help the child palliatively. And that's all they're gonna do. They're not gonna research and do all that stuff. They're gonna go where the money is, and they've shown it over and over again. I mean, how important is it to have hair on your head? How important is it to? Well, I don't know. I don't know if I want to venture into how important it is to have an erection. I mean, when when you need don't, to get one because of those, it's pretty damn important. <laughs> it's pretty damn important. I think we all agree on that. But, you know, that's where they go. I mean, in the big scope of things, it really isn't. It's not nearly as important as having a functional uh, heart valve or, or something like that. And Whatever, you know. dude. Life would suck like that. I don't know. I don't know. We shouldn't <laughs> yeah. debate this. It's going to get ugly. <laughs> get ugly. Yeah, no, I don't think there would be one. I think we would all agree on that. But, you know, that's where the money goes. It just goes to stuff that uh, they're going to make tons of money on. And yeah, and they're going to apologize to all the six-year-old at- girls with those rare things because you're totally right, <laughs> dude. That's, they go for yep. things that affect number affect numbers of people. Um, yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. It doesn't matter if it was a hangnail affliction that that just billions of people get, and everybody wants this special salve that makes it better, and it's really popular. They're gonna they're gonna figure out better ways to make that stuff. It's just the that's just the market. It's capitalist, you know, supply and demand type thing. But yep. Looks like Dr. Oz is starting to get into the medical marijuana debate a little bit. Uh, he had Montel Williams on his show recently. I think we have a clip from this. Yeah, we, we're not going to play this clip. It's uh, not, it's extended. He, he was actually, um, I think there was the whole show, uh, which I do believe is an hour-long show. Um, the whole cool. show, they discussed medical marijuana, and it was uh, in pretty positive light. They had, right. they had a couple people on, you know, of uh, some panelists and audience, audience members who were against it, but... Um, you know, it's it's really hard to look and sound intelligent debating medical marijuana when a patient who tells you that it's good for them and, you know, it's <laughs> sitting right there, you know, you really come off as a douchebag. Right. And that's kind of what what it was about, yeah, the part that I saw at least. So, so there are a few douchebags on the show then too. A few douchebags, yep. <laughs> all right so you can check that out on our show notes at the website which is cannabisagenda.com our notes are always up from all the shows you can click on the links there and if you guys want to check out the the clip that we have here you can 
So uh, check it out there. Um, what's going on on Capitol Hill? Pop politics on Capitol Hill. This is a great story. I, I found this one to be really interesting. Um, this is from ABC World News with the lovely Diane Sawyer. Too bad. You're not going to get her. You're getting me. So just deal with it. Supporters of decriminalizing marijuana are hoping to build momentum on Capitol Hill after a historic election that saw the politics of pot take center stage in four states. The cannabis industry's public relations campaign has so far been limited to states, especially Cali, um, where you know Proposition 19 uh, failed back in November. Uh, but today, the National Cannabis Industry Association launched in December uh, to represent the interest of legal marijuana growers and distributors. They wanted to be a national voice. Uh, we'll hold the first congressional lobbying day in the nation's capital hoping to shore up support for an industry they say could bring billions of dollars in revenue to the government. Now, how many billions did you say that medical marijuana? It was like over a hundred billion. No, one, 1. 1.7 <laughs> over a oh, hundred okay. <laughs> over a hundred billion. Served. That's, <laughs> that's where I got confused. Um, we do it, some uh, fact, some fact checking here on the cannabis agenda. Right. So um, over a thousand billion. Wait, that's a whole nother. Yeah. <laughs> it is. But uh, the the industry said they already have some notable lawmakers on its side. No surprise here. Representative Barney Frank from Massachusetts, he's usually onto these causes. You know that libertarian-leaning representative Ron Paul, he's a Republican from Texas. He doesn't, he's the least Republican-seeming Republican I've ever seen. Um, but that, I guess that's just his libertarian uh, leanings that, that, that bring him into this. But he's been an outspoken advocate of uh, marijuana legalization for a long time. Um, he's on... Uh, let me see what else they got. I think that's about all the people that they've they've stated that they have so far. But I don't know. I think that this, these lobbying, uh, these types of lobbying efforts could could go somewhere because if there's one thing we know, there's a difference between what they do on Capitol Hill and what they should do. And I think the primary crux of the problem is money. They they do what they shouldn't do a lot of times, or I should say they they don't do what they should do because they. They evade it in lieu of, you know, they in profit. They don't want to lose profits. They want to maximize the income. It's all about the money. And that's what these people are talking about. That's what they're the voice of the cannabis industry, so, not cannabis enthusiasts or something like that. You know, it's, it's, it's about business and they know it. And uh, it's like, I think the, the, the story states and tell me if you guys, if this, if you think this sounds true, but uh, in California, cannabis is the biggest cash crop worth 14 billion in sales. Um, that's nearly double the state's second biggest revenue generator of dairy. So that's a, uh, that's that nothing to scoff. That includes at. illegal numbers, right? Not just medical, obviously. Um, yeah, it doesn't state that, but I would assume it would have to. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm sure it would. I'm sure it would. But, you know, as laws change, and, you know, these are the individuals that are interested in the money that I'm talking about, the legislators and lawmakers up there on Capitol Hill. These are the same people that are involved in making the laws that control this. So, I mean, if they're, uh, if they're liable to benefit greatly, um, you know, there's a difference between what law says and what ethics say and what actually happens. <laughs> don't, don't hate the player, hate the game, right? All right. Yep. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. I just it, it, this. I don't know what you guys think about this. I'm going to ask you in just a second. But but my opinion of this thing is that well, it, it makes me a little bit uneasy. That's all. I'm. That's as far as I got so far. It just makes me uneasy as I I kind of harken back to the the fears that people have voiced about 
they don't want their biggest fear. The thing that they don't want the that they most don't want is for the government or some kind of you know pharmaceutical industry type uh, control factor to come in and take over over cannabis or medical cannabis. And I don't know. I don't. I feel. I never feel comfortable allowing the government to get involved. You know, in the in the, in the revenue aspect of of cannabis, but it unfortunately that's. That's the one thing that would probably get them to change their, you know, to kind of, you know, it'd be an eye, eyebrow raiser for state legislators or for uh, federal legislatures, legislators for certain. What do you guys think? Is this a good idea? Is this going to go anywhere? Does the cannabis industry need a voice? A national yes, but I mean, I, uh, you know, is it going to go anywhere? Eventually it's going to go somewhere. I just don't know. I mean, it's... It's obviously based all on money. You're seeing people now that are like, hey, um, this is starting to potentially have some, you know, some momentum. And look at this. We now have some data on how much money it can possibly bring in. I mean, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think that we haven't had a lot of lobbying going on on Capitol Hill. And it seems to me like lobbying is uber important in getting anything done in Washington. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, so if that's what they're doing, uh, especially if they can get the funding to do it. I mean, geez, that's, that's why no one does any lobbying because it's so damn expensive. Well, lobbying isn't lobbying typically about trying to gather support for, for gather votes and gather things, support for bills that are going to be going through, I think that's a large large part of it. Sure, yeah. A large Mm -hmm. part of lobbying is trying to make coalitions of voters with senators and House representatives so that bills can get passed that ultimately benefit your industry. Um, Right. I think we're still waiting on the bills that are even going to be passed at this point. I think there's still like a general lobbying effort to see what kind of support they can get, who they can convince to author bills, et cetera, et cetera. Um, because really right. right now, I don't even know what they're lobbying. F- I mean, like specifically, like what bills are they lobbying? Well, I don't for? think there is any necessary specific uh, legislation yet, but like there there can't be until you have support, right? That's right. right. So they're trying to figure out who, who their, you know, lead, lead guys are going to be. And at this point, you know, the, that article makes it sound like it's Barney Frank and Ron Paul, but um, surely they'll have more support than that once it, once it, and if, yeah. if, if well, yeah, if it comes down to it, and they have money, you know, they can afford to uh, uh, help, you know, elect some people. Precisely, which is, man, we haven't talked about that in a while since the elections. We've, you know, pots, you know, people that really run on the cannabis agenda, and we're we're it's we're sure to see more of that, you know, in future, um, because people see it as a solution to economic woes and as to. Uh, stop spending so much taxpayer dollars on a on something that may not be such a big problem for people. So it's all mm-hmm. about kind of seeing how much support they really get. How many people are going to sign on and be like, you know, I mean, I, you know, the the story that we've covered just a little while ago, the national the National Cancer Institute that just that alone could change the minds of um, a lot of people in in or you know not a lot a decent group of people in Washington that have believed forever that. You know, what they've been told that it's not a medicine, uh, you know, and um, it's just about yeah. smoking your dope. There's so many people that there are people that use it for 
for their illnesses, but a lot of people are just simply smoking pot. They're just smoking pot. Yeah. I mean, the way you said that was surreal. I think I might like cut that and make a ringtone out of it or something. Oh, yeah. That, that would be a good clip for the show. We should cut that one. And we are working on that, everybody, trying to get a bunch of different little sound bites and clips for the show to start adding them in there. So um, did you uh, mention the, the link to the, to the uh, National to Voice for the Cannabis Industry? Nope. Yeah. We'll segue right into that right now. Um, the National Voice for the Cannabis Industry is what they're dubbing themselves. And actually, in a, in, a, in a functional sense, it's kind of what they are. This is an industry uh, association. They are the uh, cannabis industry association. And, uh, yeah, like we said, they, uh, they were just going to kind of crack the surface and find out where they're at and what, what they have, uh, in front of them to work with and try to get, garner up some support. Um, they do have a full website. You can check out more and learn about these guys. Um, it is, uh, if you're hearing this, you can find it on our website. Just check it out. The link is right there for you. Um, under, uh, the, what is it under? The National Voice for the Cannabis Industry under the National Spotlight section. But uh, if you go to the board and staff page, you can find that F. Aaron Smith is the executive director and Steve Fox is the director of public affairs. So this association is run by competent people. You know him as one of the, uh, perhaps as one of the uh, co-founders and a former executive director and current board member for SAFER. And uh, he was also a co-author of Marijuana is Safer, So Why Are We Driving People to Drink, that popular book we keep telling people to check out. Yep, and we hope to have Steve Fox on the show someday. So we can ask him not only about all the other stuff I wanted to ask him about, but we can ask him about this new uh, industry uh, voice as well. Check it out. Sweet. Now we're moving on to But Is It Sophisticated? Another one of those... uh this is where what we do in the but is it sophisticated as we this is a little news deconstruction. We cover stories of grow busts and uh, we mock the media the way that that, that local media <laughs> covers these sorts of things. So uh, we got a clip today. Check it out. Meantime, a large stash of marijuana is found in Bryan County. Authorities are now looking for the people responsible. Sheriff's deputies say the plants were found out in the open on a county road, but the growers are still on the loose. Rita Cote joins us now in the studio with that story. Rita. Under Sheriff Ken Golden says they confiscated 236 plants, and that's the most marijuana they found in a long time. He says his office is seeing more and more bust, and he has no doubt they'll find more. The Bryan County Drug Task Force found the 236 marijuana plants potted and scattered along Wilson Street just outside of Durant. The plants have a street value of about half a million dollars. Under Sheriff Ken Golden says investigators are trying to figure out why the plants were found out in the open. It's possible it, uh, it may be a revenge for of, of some sort. Uh, uh, maybe an angry spouse or, or somebody just getting even with uh, with a partner or something. But uh, this stuff was, uh, was really taken care of. Uh, they knew what they were doing. He says whoever is responsible oh. for the plants was most likely an experienced grower. This was grown indoors uh, and well taken care of, uh, maybe in a large, large barn or uh, of some sort. But this was, this was well taken <laughs> care of. No signs of any sun damage or wind or bugs or anything. Marijuana today is probably 10 times more potent than it used to be back in the 70s. Criminal investigator Jay Whitney with the Grayson County Sheriff's Office says growing marijuana is becoming a detailed operation, requiring a lot of equipment, and it's becoming more common south of the Red River as well. Buying lights and watering systems and timers and climate control systems, and I mean, they're getting quite elaborate in some of their 
grow operations. Whitney says the grower's lifestyle often leads investigators right to the criminals. You watch for people who pay in cash. You watch for odd activity hours. You watch for the windows being all closed up all the time. Uh, you watch for lights coming on at odd hours of the night. He says this time of year many plants are popping up across Texoma. Already this summer there have been several large busts, including one in the city of Sherman, one in Marshall County, and one in Pushmataha County. That's being called the largest pot bust in Oklahoma history. 26,000 plants were confiscated in that bust. Whitney says he and law enforcement across Texoma have a message for marijuana growers. It's only a matter of time before we come. Before we come to get you. Bryan County Under Sheriff Golden says investigators are questioning residents to try and find where the plants came from and who's responsible for growing them. If you have any information, you're asked to call the sheriff's office. In the studio, Rita Cote. Wee! Yay! Holy Yuck. shit, I don't even know where to start with this one. First of all, well, you 236 know. potted plants that are worth <laughs> half of a million dollars in street value. You say the ones they're showing in the clip are not budding plants, no, right? They, uh, none of them. I didn't see any plants. That how, how, how do you even put a street value on a, something that hadn't even started flowering yet? I mean, ridiculous to call that a half. I mean... <laughs> It's I mean, because most in the law enforcement community are geniuses. You didn't know that? They Check know how much Whitney. weed's going to be there. I mean, this guy sounds like he knows how to grow pot. He's like, this is, these are really, there's no, no windburn. I can't find thrips. <laughs> I can't find spider mites. I can't find any yeah. aphids <laughs> or anything. The typical things that were back on my marijuana, that are on my in, marijuana in, plants. In my barn. <laughs> in my barn. Yeah, probably grown in a barn somewhere. Really taken care of. Good stuff. It's 10 times more potent than it was back in the 70s when I used yeah. to smoke dope. Yeah, <laughs> that guy. Wow. Oh, boy. These, That's these people are crazy. They use lights and watering systems and timers and climate control. It's uh, really becoming pretty elaborate, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. And then the, my, fa elaborate. my favorite part. Elaborate my favorite new sophisticated. My favorite part is how they get into uh, the vigil, like to be vigilant. What you got to look for <laughs> people that spend lots of money in cash. Well, what about all the like, you know, older population that loves to spend money in cash? I mean, it's like, so if you're young and you spend cash, it's like, oh my God, he just spent $250 in this store. We should probably elab, we should probably notify the Rangers and let them know that we think this guy is potentially a marijuana grower. Yeah, wow. he's, he's, you, should be, you should be under surveillance. You're living the American dream a little bit too fluently. You have cash. <laughs> oh man! And the, at the end, his message: only a matter of time before we get we come get you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be damned. I better piss my pants right now. Wow. Uh, some Texas. That's some te is that, that's Texas, right? Isn't that where that was all going on? I don't remember where that happened. Sounded like it to me, but I could be wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Sounded I'm stuck like on it. 10 times more potent than it was in the 70s. Good God. Yeah, we've I, talked about that. I don't that even think I would want to smoke weed like that. <laughs> 10 times more potent. Man, phew, I smoked some stuff back that was from back in that era. My God, it knocked, my, it knocked me on my ass. I mean, well, there's stuff from the 70s that had nearly 30% THC content, too. Um, Panama Red was huge. Uh, all sorts of different types. And I mean, like, mm -hmm. uh, that's just inaccurate 
to say. Yeah. Um, we found bl- the average false. potency, the average potency of, of, of marijuana is not that much different than it is, was in the seventies average. Um, mm-hmm. certainly not 10 times higher. Uh, I mean, I think, I think it's pretty hard to even get marijuana with under 3% THC. And it's really, really hard to get marijuana with over 30% THC. So, um, yeah. And we need to mention here, it's more potent, but THC is administered to people medically at 100% THC. And it's one of the safest drugs on the market. So, yeah. Maybe even if it is more potent, that doesn't even matter, really, because you're talking about a safe and relatively harmless substance to begin with. So, uh-huh. Right. Sorry, Ranger. What's the new word? Elaborate. Oh, yeah. Elaborate. Right. We got, what got us stuck on this, everybody, is new to the show or whatever. Um, sophisticated is the word they typically like to use. It's right. a sophisticated operation. Sophisticated, sophisticated. Yeah. They routinely Elab- use a whole slew of, like, kind of, I don't know, fancy words, you might call them. A little bit enlarged language. It's so funny. They're like, they're like, these people grew pot, and not only did they grow pot, but they tried to do it well. Shame on them. <laughs> you know? That's kind of the way it's like. They had lights and fans and odor control systems. Oh, elaborate and sophisticated. And intricate. And how many other words? Intricate. Remember that one we played a few shows ago? Man, that lady used like 15 different words. I was writing them down. Damn, there's another good one. Bam, bam. Yeah, it's like bing, bing. We need the, the bing. We need, oh, speaking of the ding, we haven't had a... Had a haven't had someone on the show that we've needed to ding lately. It's about that time, probably, for us to get someone back on there, uh, ding worthy. But um, that's a whole nother subject. Uh, yeah. Let's uh, move on to pot in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, it looks like uh, the Oregon Cannabis Tax Act kicks off a petition signature gathering drive, and we have a clip for that one. Let's check it out. A new push to sell pot in stores kicked off in Oregon today, and you would not need a medical marijuana card to buy it. Supporters of this idea say it would generate hundreds of millions of dollars for Oregon every year, and they want voters to make the final call. K2 Susan Harding joins us with more on this story. And Susan, the the person spearheading this particular effort, really no stranger to the issue at all, right? Absolutely. This person leading the effort has been trying to legalize pot in Oregon since 1984, but this time he thinks even and the name of the measure will get people's attention. It's called the Oregon Cannabis Tax Act. Would you like a card to get more information about the act? Each max train may bring Jennifer Alexander closer to, to her destination. Excuse me, sir. Are you registered to vote in Oregon? Are you registered? Are you registered? Are you guys registered to vote? I'm collecting signatures to legalize marijuana. With each stop comes another chance to get a signature to put legalizing marijuana on the November 2012 ballot. Are you interested in signing the petition to legalize marijuana? Regulated like alcohol? And I understand some of the arguments against marijuana, but I don't think any of them justify locking up people and wasting all the money that we do on enforcing prohibition. Have a great day. Let me get you a fresh sheet because the sheet is all used up. Saving taxpayers money is at the heart of the strategy this time, and to some, it's an argument that works. If you legalize it and you save money on the police are making arrests on petty crimes like that. July 7th, 
2012. But the chief petitioner, to, Paul Stanford, yeah, says polls show most people on the West Coast support legalizing pot. There's a big sea change. There have been uh, polls by Zogby and uh, other organizations. Next year, Washington, Oregon, and California may all have marijuana measures on the ballot. Supporters say legalization would raise $140 million in taxes for Oregon and save $60 million in law enforcement costs. Are you interested in signing the petition to legalize marijuana and regulate it like alcohol? Uh, sure. But not everyone is lining up <laughs> to sign up. I don't think that it's good to have drugs at all. Adina Tudurace worries legalizing pot would put more dangerous drivers on the road. I mean, I actually had a cousin who almost died because of someone was high driving and he was riding his bike, so I definitely don't think that that's a good idea. <laughs> And supporters have plenty of time to collect their signatures. Their deadline is July of 2012. Live in Northeast Portland, Susan Harding, K2 News. Mm. And people could feel people driving cars from changing the song on their on mm. their iPod. You know, text messaging. Yep. But text messaging itself isn't going to be illegal. Text messaging while driving is going to be illegal. Just like driving high on pot will be illegal. Uh, what do you guys think about all that? Or Driving really high on pot is just stupid. I don't think it should be like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do What do you think about um, the Oregon? I like, though? I like it. I like the. I like that clip actually too. I like that girl. I'd like to talk to her more, especially uh, when we'll be featuring women in marijuana more uh, prevalently in future shows. I, I'd really like to talk to her because she did something. I don't know if you noticed that, but her tone of her voice was always the same thing. And that's why this is a, a kind of a challenging thing for a lot of people to get out and do these do this kind of type of uh, activity because it's it's important that you be consistent every time because you're selling one person in a certain way. So you look at them straightforward and honest and open and tell them in a sincere voice and talk to them like you know you're honest and you know so you represent yourself right. And you can't just do that once. It's always a new. You're always starting over with every new person. So it's 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 difficult to keep up with that, but it's great to see him out there making. I like that one guy. He said, "Uh, yeah, sure, okay, <laughs> right." <laughs> uh, what else you got? Some more stuff going to change? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll vote for that too. Sure, okay. <laughs> easy, going, easy going voters out there in Oregon, and we'll we'll keep you guys posted on what's going on in Oregon as always. Uh, we're gonna move on to California right now. Um, this is actually a Humboldt County story, but it sets mm -hmm. a precedent for potential precedent for the entire state. Uh, an appeal trial tomorrow is gonna start for a landlord who was sued over some of his uh, over a rental property of his being used as a grow house. Um, he was ruled, uh, the official ruling ruled against him and he was sued, uh, in a total amount of $32,000, um, and, uh, uh, which went to 14 different neighbors who, um, complained about what he's going. Alan Oliver Ebenstein of Santa Barbara, who I believe is an adjunct professor at the UC Santa Barbara, uh, between like 2005 and 2007 bought five rental properties up here. That sounds like a horrible time to have purchased rental properties. I'm sorry, buddy. Um, and apparently, he's in a lot of financial trouble. Some of these properties are uh, looks like they're they're not, they're going into default. One of them may even be going up for sale here soon. But uh, he was sued by 14 of his neighbors for one of his uh, houses that was being used as a grow house. According to the court documents, uh, the neighbors argued that the pungent smell of pot uh, filled the residence, filled the neighborhood 
uh, so bad um, that they feared that armed robbers might mistakenly enter their homes instead of the grow house. And uh, they also said they were a constant fear of um, fires from faulty wiring. Um, and, uh, yeah, they sued trying to – let's see. How much was they were trying to get from them? I believe every person that was suing originally was seeking $7,500. Um, the court did not find that to be the right amount. They, Like I said, total that he was ended up being sued for was $32,000. Um, they complained to the landlord. The neighbors say that he never inspected the place. He says he did inspect the place. There was no sign of growing going on. Um, then the neighbors can continue to, uh, complain to, uh, police, police call, the police call, um, the house, the person that lit, that's renting the house answers and admits that he is growing pot, 80 plants without a 215. Um, Talk about incriminating yourself. And um, then they served a warrant about a month later, and they came in, and they found four po- four, four pounds of processed weed, um, scales and baggies, and uh, also um, 79 plants. So, um, yeah, th- this is property law stuff here. Um, mm-hmm. How much what you do on your property, you know, how much does what you do on your property affect those around you? Um and uh, like I said, the appeal the appeal trial begins tomorrow. Um, what do you guys think of this? I, I think this is really, really interesting potential precedence. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that is very interesting. Who's doing the the suing now? The neighbors. Make sure I get this. Okay, that's <clears throat> an interesting uh, new kind of turn. I don't know. What do you think is going to come of it? Well, I mean, you know, first of all. Um, for one house in a neighborhood to be complained by by fourteen different houses in the na- I mean, it, to me, I'm amazed right. that none of those fourteen houses are growing pot too. Um, mm-hmm. It sounds like either this this house is in the wrong neighborhood, a really really conservative mm-hmm. neighborhood with like a, you know right super strong family ties where people are uh, something in Humboldt County to where people complained about this month much mm-hmm. and then took a, uh, you know, a, um, a civil suit forward with it. I, I, I mean, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people growing pot in their homes. And, mm-hmm. um, if, uh, if they can be sued for it because it could potentially start a fire or because it could potentially, create um the hazard of there being a robbery um that's uh that's kind of intense i mean these these the people who were suing them were saying they weren't letting their kids play in their yards anymore they were getting this scared mm-hmm. of it and that and, uh, you know and all the other and I, I don't have any information on the on the people that were growing mm-hmm. in the house um i would say there's a good possibility they were completely irresponsible about what they were doing mm-hmm. um, they were being bad neighbors yeah, I mean, they weren't, you know, they, they probably weren't filtering their yard. Pro- house probably looked like crap. Who knows what kind of people they had coming around? Who knows? I mean, just like with anything, there's, you know, shady characters. But I, but I can't even verify sure. that at this point, you know. Um, I just, I guess what I'm, you know, <laughs> concerned about here is the precedence it sets. Like, so you move into someone they don't like the fact that you grow pot and they can sue you. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's another scary uh, president that would set. Well, you know, anyone can sue anyone for anything. That's why we have courts who decide that's true. on things. But um, I, the way I read this is that there has to be some precedence for a judge um, awarding, um, you know, uh, uh, $32,000. Well, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying there has to be some precedence for, for nuisance being being the cause, not a marijuana nuisance, but a nuisance in general being the cause right. of a lawsuit. Uh, you know, maybe it's a sound nuisance, you know, noise, a mm-hmm. noise violation or, you know, some sort of, uh, maybe you, I mean, yeah, 32,000 is ridiculous. I'm with you there. But, um, uh, you know, I, I, I know some cities have things about, you know, you have, you have to leave your, you know, you can't, can't overgrow your lawn and you can get fined for not doing that. I, you know, if, if you, if you let your lawn go to, go to shit and you decrease your neighbor's property values, I don't, I don't know if there's legal recourse in that. There may be. I mean, and that's what they're claiming that this, uh, they claim that too, that this brought down the, the prices of their, their properties. Um, <laughs> I just, I mean, for anyone that, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of hard and to I, contain the smell of marijuana completely, even when you're trying really, really hard to do it. That, right. That's, that's true. Yeah, for sure. And they make it seem like their house stunk of marijuana all the time. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like they were being a nuisance. I don't, I don't know about it in the legal term, but it, you know, bad neighbors, as you put, as you put it, Jamie. Right. So, yeah, I mean, or, there's a word to the wise. In a general sense, of course, we should all be good neighbors and good people, but that's not reality, as we all know. Um, if you're if you're going to grow some buds in a house, I would say if you're if you're an asshole, fake it. Pretend to be a big na- a good neighbor. Pretend to be the greatest neighbor on the planet. You don't have to get in their business and invite them over to dinner every Thursday or something like that. But you know, when you go out, say, "How you doing? Good to see you." You know, just keep to yourself, keep calm, don't raise any suspicions, and do your thing, man. I don't know what's the background of this story is, but it sounds to me, I agree with you guys. It really doesn't it sound to you guys like they were having parties or just being complete like antisocial, or there's some super vigilant asshole that lives on uh, the block. And started that's talking to all the other people. Yep. Yeah. 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 I mean, yep. that's likely know. to. Yeah. We don't really have the whole story. We don't have the whole. Yeah. This is just a, this is the first bit of this I've ever even came across. We didn't, you know, and it, yeah. um, but um, I don't know. It might be an interesting one to follow. It'll be, it'll we'll probably, the hearing starts tomorrow for the appeal. So we will uh, follow up on it. Um, yeah. Let us know what you guys think. You got some Illinois updates for us too, huh? I do. This is light speed, so pay attention. We're going to go right through this one. The House panel has approved Illinois medical marijuana. Cannabis legislation is called. Let me see. I always don't get the right name for this bill, and I don't know why I don't say it right. I just call it the Illinois Medical Cannabis Act, but that's not exactly what it's called, um, to be exact. Anyway, it's, uh, it has passed. Uh, it's House Bill 30, um, to be official, and it has passed the Illinois Human... House Human Services Committee uh, voted uh, six to five um, in support of it. It will allow patients to possess 2.5 ounces of pot for a 14-day period in which the need has been certified in many cases by two separate doctors. That's a little bit of a change. Also, they took away the growing part of it, so you can't grow. Um, so there's that part of the legislation. Additionally, I reported on a recent, a recent show that uh, Illinois House has adopted a bill, a hemp growing bill, that would allow them to, to grow hemp. It's about time, right? 
Representative Ken Duncan, a Democrat from Chicago, did it. He sponsored it. And he said, I don't really even know much about this. And the other people said, well, this is bad because I'm clueless. I don't even know why it's bad, but it is because I just said so. And that's what we do here. And where's my paycheck? <laughs> and another, another day in the Illinois legislature has come to a close. Um, unfortunately, on this day, they killed the Illinois House, uh, House bill uh, to grow cannabis. That was uh, House Bill 1383, by the way. It was defeated 28 to 83 I think that's fair to say a landslide defeat and uh how you could ex- <laughs> i don't even want to try to explain what they're thinking so anyway there's that on our website uh right underneath these two stories you can find it um of course under the illinois update section there's the official illinois bill status and there's two links to each of those uh, at the f- official house website you can see what's going on so things are moving both directions in illinois as they are typically everywhere i guess right <laughs> yep yep both directions um and what uh so you, you, we mentioned doing a stock update today um earlier but it looks like we're gonna yeah in the interest of time we're gonna keep the the clip is like almost nine minutes long so we're just gonna save it for next week we'll save that for next week so we will uh, cool. be doing a cincy stock market update next week um it looks like we're moving on to the southwest um, and there's a lawsuit in New Mexico um, that was filed over the licensing of dispensaries, and we have a clip for that. Sell medical marijuana in New Mexico are suing Governor Martinez and the state health department. Gotti Schwartz got his hands on the lawsuit, and he joins us live from Santa Fe with what's in it. Gotti. Nicole, out of 116 applicants, only 25 nonprofits have been licensed to sell medical marijuana in the state legally. As for those still stuck in the red tape, they are now taking it to court. Biomed Prescriptions, Glidden Agriculture, Medical Marijuana Inc. all have spent time and money forming nonprofit groups, selecting a board, and setting up a business before they could even apply to sell medical marijuana. A lawsuit filed in district court today is saying many of those nonprofits have jumped through all the necessary hoops, but have still not been given a license to sell medical cannabis, while a select few have. No producer has actually been denied at all since the program began. In fact, every time the program goes through review process of any of the applications, those applicants have actually been given the opportunity to revise their proposals. The lawsuit alleges the selection process is too vague and seeks to call to court the health department and Governor Susana Martinez, who in the past has vowed to do away with the program. Health officials say they are working on new guidelines that will more clearly spell out what applicants need to have so licenses can be approved more quickly. We want to make sure that we can provide the best services for the patients. So. Yeah, there's no way to actually say it's going to take us two months, three months. It really depends on the quality of the proposal. Sources tell me leading the charge on this particular lawsuit is a well-known venture capitalist here in Santa Fe. Calls to his lawyer today were not returned. Reporting live from Santa Fe, Gotti Schwartz, KOB Eyewitness News 4. We get a little bit of... We've been getting a lot of different stuff coming from down there in New Mexico. A lot of it has to do with the governor, it seems like, and her major anti-marijuana stance. But um, if 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 what the 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 one gentleman was saying, no one has ever turned down. They redo their things, and I, I kind of have to imagine that 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 can't be true. Um, it's otherwise, sort of double speak. It's just saying we we don't actually uh, turn down, but well, we just we approve a select few. Yeah, right. Like, 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's you know obviously there've been people there applying for these licenses who weren't getting them, and that's why they're suing. And um, you know, uh, as as we've talked about in the past, uh, New Mexico has a large short shortfall when it comes to being able to provide medical marijuana to their patients in the state, and uh, that sucks for them. And I hope they can uh, figure this out and uh, get their program rolling. Better. Speaking of a state that needs to get their program rolling better, too, um, it looks like uh, Arizona finally just um, uh, let all of their uh, or, or now have their official rules filed. It's a 92 page document that you can get um, with um, the Arizona Department of Health Services. You can go on their website and uh, review the document if you want. It's known as the final rules. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, what's going on is um, it looks like the way that it's going to be there, some, these are just some of the things. Um, to, to register as a patient, it'll be $150 for the initial um, fee and $150 every year. Um, caregivers will be $200 and dispensaries will be $500. Um, patients who can't or are on food stamps um, will be able to um, pay just $75 for the application and for the renewal. So it cuts theirs in half. Um, to qualify for food stamps, they have to make a gross income that is 130% um, or less than the federal poverty level, which means a family of three has to make uh, less than $1,984 per month uh, in order to qualify for food stamps, which means they have to make that much in order to qualify for the $75 per year card. So that's how the cards are working. Um, you in the, st- in, in the state of uh, uh, Arizona, the way they're going to do it is um, if you live within 25 miles of a dispensary, you will not be legally allowed to grow your own cannabis. Currently, it looks like the application process for dispensaries isn't even going to start until June. They don't believe there'll be any dispensaries operating until September. So basically, anyone that gets a recommendation from a doctor and sends in their paperwork to the state and gets approved of their their medical marijuana registration within the state is going to be legally allowed to grow until a dispensary opens within 25 miles of their property. So for... Once it gets going, that's the way that it's uh, it's going to be. Um, and the the rules there also have said that um, the uh, Arizona Department of Health and Services will grant a dispensary application for each of its 126 community health analysis areas. So there'll be so for every area that's got you know you know when you drive past an area that's d- heavy in the health industry, they've got a hospital, they've got lots of doctors, there's dentists mm-hmm. and this, and they're all in the same area. Well, I'm assuming what they've, you know, they, in, in Arizona, they, they zone that as a community health analysis area. There's going to mm-hmm. be one in all 126 of those throughout Arizona. But there's a lot of rural areas that will be over 25 miles from those places. So in those circumstances, people will be able to, um, to, uh, to grow their own. Um, applicants for dispensaries will be charged $5,000 to register as a new dispensary, $1,000 to renew its registration every year, and $2,500 to change the location of a dispensary or of a cultivation site. So there you go. If you want to check out more on Arizona, you can go to our um, go to our notes, our show notes at cannabisagenda.com, click on the story, go there, and it also has a link from there to the actual 92-page document at the Department wow. of Health Services. So... Uh, yeah, um, those two states, 
uh, yeah, those two states. They got they got some work to do down there to get everything rolling. Um, mm. But uh, a little bit of buzz going on down there. So mm-hmm. see where it goes from here. Uh, you got a research uh, bin study today, huh? We do have one. Um, this one is, well, this was published in the Hawaii News Daily, but it was, this is actually a, uh, an excerpt from uh, the Normal Weekly Media Advisory. And uh, um, it's by Normal Deputy Director Paul Armentano. So we, we always uh, view his stuff as pretty, uh, it's always interesting and it's always uh, pretty credible stuff. So uh, on with this great news, cannabis inhalation associated with spontaneous tumor regression, says this study. Cannabis inhalation is associated with spontaneous brain tumor regression in two subjects, according to a pair of case reports to be published in Child's Nervous System, the official journal of the International Society for Pediatric Neurosurgery. Investigators at the British Columbia Children's Hospital in Vancouver documented the mitigation of residuals tumors in two adolescent subjects who regularly inhaled cannabis. Authors determined that both subjects experienced a clear regression of their residual brain tumors over a three-year period. That's some pretty major stuff there. Um, I'll quote them. They said, neither patient received any conventional adjuvant treatment during this time period, investigators wrote. They go on to say, the tumors regressed over the same period of time that cannabis was consumed via inhalation raising the possibility that cannabis played a role in tumor regression. Researchers concluded, further research may be appropriate to elucidate the increasingly recognized effect of cannabis and cannabinoids on gliomas, that's brain cancers. We know that cannabis attacks and kills gliomas, and we also know that it's the only thing on the planet that we know to do that. So uh, there's tons of good links in here. You can check it out. The story goes on to mention another 2006 pilot study that was published in the British Journal of Cancer, previously reporting that the intratumoral administration of the cannabinoid THC was associated with reduced tumor cell proliferation in two of nine human subjects with brain cancer. Those there again, uh, you know, demonstrated uh, effects. I mean, amazingly huge effects uh, on uh, gliomas, those those always deadly uh, form of brain cancer. So check the story out. There's tons of good links in there, so you can just uh, stay busy with this one for a minute, checking out new and important stuff. And that's the positive note we're going to end on today. How about that? Wow, we started with such negative stuff, and we ended with with something positive. That's great. Man, you know we wouldn't leave them like that. Wow. It's funny though because it's our it was our first uh this is our first episode on the the normal network. So, um <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's crazy cuz I, I was just having this discussion with someone other than also earlier today, you know, optimism for the sake of optimism and um I mean, it's mm-hmm. just just we got to cover it all when you're doing the news. It's hard not to cover a lot of the negative stuff, you know, and sometimes that negative yeah. stuff is the most important stuff that you got to cover. And that was what we had near the top. So our first show on normal, on normal network was uh, a bit, bit downer near the top, but Hey, that's what was going on today. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. You know, we're not going to get a, a, a global cannabis pro, uh, audio program and talk about the, the need to change our laws into more sensible uh, alternatives and, and to investigate how we're approaching these issues and, you know, not have that. I mean, it's right because that's the what's bringing us here in the first place to do the show is the fact that there's some serious things that need to be changed. So, right, yeah, 
Right. If people were sitting in their house and they're like, man, these laws suck. This is bogus. That's one thing. And that's good. So get off your tail and do something about it. That'd be great for, for the world, for all of us, for yourself. If you want to be greedy, who cares? Just get bit, get involved. But if somebody's walking around and they have no clue or that same person, they might not realize the extent or the severity of the situation. They might not know that, that multiple homes just got raided. Oop, there's another one. Oop, there's another one too. In about 10 seconds. Oh, there goes another one. Raided paramilitary raids. You know what? A good percentage of those weren't even the right house. And people are going to get shot and killed and hurt and maimed. And you know what I mean? There's some negative shit that's going on. And that's why we need to get together and, and change things. And that's why we do the show. That's why I do the show largely. Yep. Besides, I that's- like hanging out with you guys, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So all of you that are hanging out with us today for the first time, um, we really appreciate you taking a listen and hope you'll be back. To those of you, our regulars who are always here, hey, we love you all. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your participation. You mean the world to us. The show wouldn't exist without you. It gets better and better because of you. Um, um, always, you can you can stay updated with, uh, with us at uh, our website, which is um, cannabisagenda.com. Um, yeah, your participation is so key to uh, for us to evolve as a show. Um, please email us anytime, info at cannabisagenda.com. Uh, we love scoops. It helps us with direction as far as news. We want It helps us know what's important to you. Um, also, if you have any potential interviews, who, you, who you'd like to interview, let us know. Uh, any advice, criticism, mm-hmm. critique, ideas, whatever, email them in. Or you can call 707-654-CAN, which is C-A-N-N. Or the numbers two two six six. We are on iTunes. Check us out there. It makes it easy to listen to podcasts. It just downloads into your player when it's available. So check it out and leave us reviews there, please. Um, also, we are on uh, Twitter and Facebook. Um, so check us out on there and follow us on there. And uh, uh, please suggest us to your friends as well. Um, Absolutely. There was episode fifty five. Welcome to the Normal Live Network. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah. See you next time, y'all. Peace and pot. Read Shoot that. Take care. Next week, guys. You've been listening to The Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast every week covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market information. As always, you can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. 